I would have never been like, oh, here, let me walk into your house and like pull out my alcohol. We drank in the garage, like the respectful kids that we were. (laughs) Brenda is looking for something affordable. And I'm like, why are you on Rodeo? Go to Windsor Fashion like the rest of us. You said you liked me. (laughs) We're now in the hotel room. Dun, dun, dun. No, more like bow, chicka, bow, wow. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Untitled Gen X podcast. A podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture know-nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not over how my so-called life left us hanging. Ah, spring is in the air, and you know what that means. Prom season. For the cool kids of Beverly Hills 90210, prom means accidental twinning, radish boutonnieres, hoop skirt dresses, and gasp, virginity lost. Today, we're dishing on Season 1, Episode 21, aptly titled Spring Dance. AKA Brenda cashes in her V card, AKA Brenda and Dylan do it. But before we get into the scandal of it all, we'd like to remind you to leave us a rating. It's actually super important. You can totally pause us and do it right now. We'll wait. No, really, it's cool. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that you've done that, welcome back. Okay, let's talk sex on prom night. Kate. I'd like to start off this episode with a quote by writer Dave Itzkoff from his 2008 article in the New York Times titled, When Teenage Angst Had Its Own Zip Code. He said, (laughs) what event defines the 1990s for you? Was it the day the Dow Jones Industrial Average crossed the 10,000-point mark? Bill Clinton's admission of an inappropriate relationship with a White House intern? Or was it that fateful prom night when Brenda Walsh lost her virginity to Dylan McKay? This was a big deal back in the day. I remember it well. It was a big deal. It was totally a big deal. Certainly more notable to me than the Dow Jones industrial average. (laughs) Well, I remember we were freshmen in high school when this episode aired. And I remember being in our English class and everyone being like, did you watch last night? Oh my God, Brenda lost her virginity. (laughs) I I remember it like clear as day. You're in an honors class. We were easily shocked. <laughs> I mean, I remember I remember the fact that Brenda and Kelly wearing the same prom dress was just as shocking as the fact that Brenda lost her virginity. You know what's so funny about that is that when they were looking for the dresses and Brenda finds hers, I was like, oh, right. I remember Brenda's dress. And then I was like, I don't remember Kelly in this dress. I remember Kelly in a blue dress. So that must be a different season. <laughs> that was like, well, you know, okay, so... Season one, 90210, they were juniors. And then season two, they just inexplicably were like still juniors. They were still juniors. Right. And then, so they didn't actually graduate until 93. They were class of 93. Right. Yeah. They were all just not supposed to notice. Just don't pay attention. It's like when they replaced Becky on Roseanne. Right. Just don't, it it doesn't matter. It's It's fine. fine. (laughs) 
Yeah, it must have been the other junior prom. <laughs> right. Or their senior prom or any of the other formal occasions that they got dressed up for. Yeah. I mean, remember like when the Peach Pit became the Peach Pit after dark? It was like a nightclub and like they used to dress fancy for that. And, you know, what's funny is that when I first, you know, started it and I was listening to it, I didn't realize how used to I was to the like, I can't even make the right sound, but there's like the sort of boom, boom. Yeah. And it's not really in the first season, right? It's in the second season. Oh, this is a very delicate (laughs) introduction. We haven't gotten hardcore yet. It's really long. (laughs) It's like two minutes. It just keeps going. It's not that interesting. Also, the camera work was very noticeable to me. (laughs) Well, I think in one of the scenes where Brenda and Dylan are in the hotel room, in room 271, where all the magic happens, you can see the boom mic in one of the (laughs) Yeah, because it just felt like the characters would be like standing at like the kitchen counter and the camera would be like slowly moving around them. And I was like, is this a technique that was not noticeable to me in the past? And now it's just strange. This is a spelling production. This isn't like cable access. No, I know. And and like, or like there was like one scene where it was like, it seemed like somebody like put a video camera on a tripod and then all (laughs) the students walked past it. And I'm like this, I feel like I could have done this in audio visual club. Uh, (laughs) In high school. Not that I was in the audio visual club, but if I had been. Like Lainey in reality bites. That It's that kind of footage. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, this is so strange. And I'm probably offending like cameramen out there because this is probably like a legit technique. This like sort of the people being stationary and the camera moving, but it just felt very like, oh, <laughs> like- <laughs> we've come a long way. So this episode aired on May 2nd, 1991 to 12.9 million viewers. I was an early adopter to 90210. Were you? I was. I was I was into 90210. That headline I always remember about 90210 is a it's a picture of all of them like laying in a circle, like like with their heads around like next to each other, laying yeah, in a circle. They're all laying down. Mm-hmm. And it says like what is it like? We were squeaky clean and fun or something like that. What? <laughs> Except they were not. Well, like in the early seasons, it was like every episode sort of had a lesson that went with it. Absolutely. And then as they got into more seasons, then it just sort of turned into like a soap opera and they were no longer squeaky clean and fun. But in the early ones, it was just, it was just funny. <laughs> we're squeaky clean and fun. <laughs> Very little diversity. Very little. <laughs> None. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the 90s. Yeah, it was a time. Right. We're going to focus on the Brenda Dillon doing it of it all because. Okay. Because did you not remember that, like, that's what this whole episode was about? This whole episode was about Brenda and Dylan having sex. And it turns out <laughs> it's actually a very small part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, like really no. <laughs> Otherwise pretty dull episode actually. And when I was doing research, I looked it up and season one, episode 21, this episode is like on all the best episodes of 90210 lists. And I'm like, really? It's not that good. Now I have a confession to make. And I think this is possibly the only time this has happened in all of our podcasting preparation. 
I, I didn't mean to, but I like walked away from it. <laughs> and what? Then I was like, oh, I should have been How paying attention. Professional. I was not enthralled by it at all. Yeah. Okay. So let's just talk about like the other stuff that happens in the episode quickly. And let's okay. get down to like the, the doing it because the rest of this is kind of dull. So there's a spring dance. I don't know why they don't call it a prom. They don't have proms in Beverly Hills. They have spring dances. Come on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Kelly is nominated as a spring princess. Right. And my favorite part is when they announce the nomination. She's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, really? Like, why are you always surprised that you're popular? <laughs> you're so blonde. You know, you're the most popular girl in school. Like you're definitely popular. It would be like Steve being surprised that he's rich. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I drive a vet. Right. Kelly's up for spring queen and she needs a date. So she asks Brandon, but Brandon was supposed to hang out with Andrea. Andrea. Yeah. Andrea, not, not Andrea, not Andrea, Andrea that night and like watch a movie as friends. Andrea is kind of trying to get him to ask her to the dance and he doesn't. And then Kelly swoops in is like, Hey, I need a date. Let's go. Steve still has the hots for Kelly. He tried to ask another girl, Darla. She said no. Because she doesn't date boys who drive vets. She doesn't do that. Right. Kelly's like, ask Donna. It'll be fun. He awkwardly asks Donna. She agrees to go with him. And the girls go shopping for a prom dress on Rodeo. Kelly's looking for something fabulous. And Brenda is looking for something affordable. And I'm like, why are you on Rodeo? Go to Windsor Fashion like the rest of us. That was a weird part of 90210. I mean, I think it was intentional, but to sort of have Brandon and Brenda be the poor ones. I mean, they're it's, they're not, it's not poor. even like they're poor. It's just like they have like those good Midwestern values and they're not going to spend money, you know, ridiculously. Right. Yeah. So while well, everyone else is just like spending money willy nilly and doing all kinds of stuff, they are sort of like, right. you know, like Brandon works and, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's saving for a car. Right. So they go shopping. They both pick out the same dress. Kelly's like, oh, um, this is a cheap knockoff of the original. Right. This is tacky. Yeah. And Brenda's like, well, no, I mean, you can have it if you want it. And she's like, no, I won't wear it. So presumably the only person who gets a dress is Donna. And you may recall Donna's dress because it's like this like red, like Southern bell. Gone with the wind adjacent. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, it's actually good. <laughs> cute in a not your junior prom kind of dress in a little but, bo peep sort of way maybe yes exactly i mean she's just there for comic relief that's all donna does this entire episode it, she's a very flat character right she's the only one who leaves with a dress presumably brenda and kelly yes. don't right and we discover why later the plot thickens so the first mention of doing it happens in the tuck shop and Steve is there with Brandon and Dylan. And Steve says, the cost of the tux is just the tip of the iceberg. Dinner, corsage, limo, hotel room. And Dylan's like, yeah, it's about like 500 bucks. And Steve's like, Psh, for that much money, you could spend the evening with the finest call girl in LA. 
And Dylan's like, gentlemen, you know, and his like brooding whisper of a voice. Do you notice that about Dylan? He's like the wise sage one. It's hard for me to take. He's the guy you like. I don't know why. He reads like Bukowski and Lord Byron and he's a deep thinker, introverted man. So Dylan should have been like my Troy Dyer. Yes. But he was so, he was like such a caricature, right? Like he was so like overdone. Like it was like they were trying too hard. I feel like he nailed it. I mean, I don't know, especially at the time, like as a 14 year old girl, I was like, oh, he's dreamy. I like them both. I was team Dylan and team Brandon. Like if you made me choose, I would choose Dylan over Brandon like every single time. This is shocking information. <laughs> but uh, really, I'd prefer to be hanging out with Johnny Depp somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, wouldn't That's we what all? That's my 14 year old self wanted to be doing. Or River so. Phoenix. One or of River the two. Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So Dylan's like, gentlemen, the issue here is honor. You can't cancel. And this is when Steve says, that's easy for you to say. You're going to spend most of it in a hotel room with Brenda. <gasps> and Brandon's like, is that true? And Dylan's like, I told you, man, I don't talk about that stuff. Except apparently you do, Dylan, because Steve knows. Right. Well, and I'm like, this is when it's awkward for your best friend to be dating your sister. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, we have plans to do it. Let me talk to her brother about it. Right. Yeah, super <laughs> awkward. So we know that something's going to happen. Right. There's plans. Plans have been made. Just a little bit of background. I went back and I kind of like spot watched a couple of older episodes before this because this is episode 21 of season one. Brenda and Dylan don't actually share that much screen time together before this episode. There's some heavy flirtation. They like each other. Uh, there's the episode where they kiss for the first time after he throws a flower pot at her feet after he has this issue, this very dramatic issue with his father. And, and Brenda's like, Dylan, you're scaring me. And he grabs her and he kisses her. And it's, it's all just very like red flaggy and not super awesome. So they're in a relationship. They've been dating approximately two months. And they're in love. I mean, and I'm not saying I haven't fallen in love with people in less than two months. I'm just saying. <laughs> we like to laugh at people who are like 16 years old and in love, but like, hey, you know. But this is the thing when you're young, like when I look back and I think about like the first person that I like thought that I loved. Wow. I really, but I mean, you couldn't have talked me out of it at the time. I was like, no, I love him. You look back now and you say that's not love. No, I'm like, oh, honey. Oh, <laughs> like, were you confusing lust with love? Infatuation with love? Uh, I was confusing, I think, possibly my own neediness. With love. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember being young and thinking I was in love when really, I just really, really liked somebody a lot. But I, I do know that even with my husband from a very young age, I was just like, I'm in love and nobody has ever felt a love like this before. <laughs> like th this is unique to us and it's magic and it's real. And on this side of marriage, this many years later, it's like, was that love? I don't know. I mean, at the time, I certainly thought it was. I think there's different phases of love, right? There's 
there's new love. Yes. Like long-term committed going through life together alone. No, I mean, absolutely <laughs> like deeply rooted in history and friendship yeah. and respect and mutual admiration and all of these wonderful things that come in time. But like when you're young, I don't know, she's pretty like steadfast in that. Like she is in love. Right. In a few of the episodes before this, they had some pretty like heavy makeout sessions where, that she had to like put the kibosh on. And he's like, you're killing me, Brenda. You're killing me. And you know- Dylan's been around the block like he's an experienced guy. He totally looks like he's 35 playing a 16-year-old. Because he is. (laughs) He's lived a lot lot of life and he's had multiple partners. So, you know, he's wise in the ways of love. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so it's basically the night of the spring dance, which we shall not call prom. And the gang arrives at the Walsh house. Kelly is wearing that black and white dress that she said was tacky. Steve starts drinking from a flask. He like walks into the Walsh foyer and he like whips out his flask. And And Brandon's like, what are you doing, man? My parents are here. I may have imbibed somewhat in my high school years. But I would have never been like, oh, here, let me walk into your house and like pull out my alcohol. Super disrespectful. We drank in the garage, like the respectful (laughs) kids that we were. Drink in the limo. Have some decency. (laughs) My God, Steve. Jeez. I think it's worth mentioning that Kelly gives Brandon a radish boutonniere. I know I said we weren't going to talk details, but like I have to talk about this detail. Yeah, like leftovers from the cabbage patch craze. <laughs> I don't super weird. She's like, it's the hottest thing. I'm like, this was never the hottest thing. Like, it was never no. this was never a thing. I lived through the 90s in Los Angeles. <laughs> So Cindy comes in and she's like, oh, everyone looks so great. And she looks at Kelly and her eyes get as big as saucers. And Kelly's like, what? What is wrong? What is wrong? And Brenda comes out and oh my God. It's the same dress. And Kelly's like, Brenda, how could you? Now, Kate, who wore it best in your opinion? So I think part of the reason that I blocked out the fact that this was also Kelly's dress is that the dress suited Brenda so much more. Like it just felt more like the kind of dress that Brenda would wear. I mean, it was a little tacky uh, <laughs> for Kelly. Really? In my opinion. Okay. I thought it was classic and lovely and very oh. reminiscent of Julia Roberts dress and mystic pizza. Do you remember? I do remember that there, it, there was just a little too much of the Ribbon. white organza or whatever that was. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right word. I don't I think it was just clothes. like, a, like a satin ribbon. It just was a little too much. It just did not strike me as the kind of dress that a young woman, woman who like grew up in sort of the fashion that is Beverly Hills would have uh, worn. Yes. I actually thought the dress was very classic. I thought it was beautiful. Very Audrey Hepburn. I thought Brenda rocked it. I love a long black satin glove moment. The gloves definitely did make it better. Yeah. It's not a look you can wear every day, certainly, but like, I, I feel like she nailed it with the black gloves, which are probably considered tacky, but I don't even care. Her French twist hair, the bank, like she just, she looked 
beautiful and I, I mean classic. I think she wore like I think she wore it better I felt like it was a good fit for her mm-hmm. just didn't match what I thought Kelly would wear so it was a hard plot point for me because mm-hmm. of that like I was like I just don't see yeah I don't see Kelly doing that well Kelly was a total bitch she's like you have to change I'm a spring princess right Brenda's like you know I'm what? the most important <laughs> I don't even give a damn like whatever Kelly's all hurt about it and Brenda's all pissed uh, meanwhile, at home, Andrea, she's all sad. Brandon was supposed to come over and they were supposed to hang out. And she's in her sweats, eating her ice cream, and she's watching a scary movie called Prom Nightmare. And you know what? That sounds about right. That was surprisingly similar to how I spent the night of my junior prom. Really? Not how I spent the night of my senior prom. But Well, my junior prom, I asked a boy to prom. Who didn't go to our school? Is this correct? He didn't go to our school. I asked him. So when Andrea was upset that Brenda didn't ask her, Brenda was like, well, why didn't you ask him? Like you could have totally asked him. And I was like, you know what, Andrea, you could have asked him. I asked a boy my junior year. Yeah, it could happen. And especially like, I feel like Andrea is like very, like not necessarily super traditional. So it is strange. Although I do have to say I'm an intelligent girl. And I can use some really big words sometimes when I talk and never in my life have I ever sounded the way that Andrea's, Andrea's character sounds (laughs) in this this show. Like she talks, I don't know anyone who talks like that. Well, Kate, she quote, has fundamental ideological problems with teenage social rituals that do nothing but exasperate fears of total insecurity and inferiority of one's appearance while exploiting the feminine ideal. Right. Those are her words. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> it was a lot of like expensive 50 cent words. Yeah. Because they've done the reboot of 90210. Unfortunately, when you Google things about it, you mostly get stuff about the reboot because right. I was like, I like Googled like, like what was her experience on 90210? Because she was significantly older. She was. Than everyone else. And I'm like, I wonder if this was like an annoying experience for her. To one, like be playing the character that was sort of like not one of the cool popular kids uh-huh. and who never quite achieves it, right? Like David sort of manages to somehow he transcends. achieve it. Yeah, he, um, he did. He crossed over. <laughs> what do you call that when somebody has a... A glow up. A glow up. Thank you. Can we talk about Brian Austin Green? Yeah, he aged well. He did like a fine wine, man. And who would have thought? Because he's early episodes. I mean, oh. he was cute, but right. like cute and you're like kid brother cute way right but yeah no he is a he is a fine specimen of a man yeah he did well he did he did well good genetics <laughs> good job and you know back to my junior prom my dress was a little bit reminiscent of donna's <laughs> no thankfully no good lord no of kelly and brenda's it was black velvet it was off the shoulder it had a scalloped neckline which i kind of regret oh i remember it you know what that was a beautiful dress and for the time a scalloped neckline was i mean like it was very 90 totally appropriate it, yeah. it was 93 and um you know Wait, did was, you have gloves did i have gloves did you have white gloves no, I had white gloves for my wedding in 98. Oh, maybe that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, um, but I did like Donna. I wanted a pair of black velvet heels to go with my black velvet dress, 
and I couldn't find them in my size. Oh no. So I decided in my, you know, brilliant young mind. <laughs> in your youthful ignorance of <laughs> yes. high heeled shoes. <laughs> right. Like I've walked in them like once before. It doesn't matter that these shoes are a full size too big. I'll just stuff the toe. <laughs> no. It'll be fine. Kate, it was so not fine. Not fine. fine. <laughs> I was wearing these heels that were just entirely too big and they kept slipping off my feet. I was just a hot mess all night in these damn shoes. Mm -hmm. And so much like Donna, like not being able to function at the dance, that was me. That was me, my, yeah. my junior prom. I think we've all made that mistake with shoes at some point in our yeah, lives. Yeah, slaves to fashion. Okay, we arrive at the dance in the limo. Steve is drunk and mouthy, and yes. uh, Brenda's just upset with Kelly. She tells Dylan, it's like she thinks it's her night or something. And Dylan, in his ever-sexy low whisper tone, well, it's not. It's your night. And then he holds up the hotel key. Actually, it's our night. You won't have to worry about your clothes for a while. They kiss. So- in your whole life, <laughs> have you ever had a man hold up a hotel key or the room card <laughs> and be like, hey, because it happens in TV and the movies all the time. Yeah, you're right. It kind of does. And I have literally never had that experience. And I have dated many more men than you and probably been in many more hotels than you because <laughs> I've traveled a lot <laughs> over the years. I used to travel a lot for work. No, I have never, never had like a sexy dangle key moment. No. Right. I think that it's like sort of a Hollywood trope. I don't think it's a thing that yeah, like that's fair happens. Yeah. So Kate, She's going to be a woman soon in room 271. And this was actually filmed at the Sheraton Universal in Universal City. The spring dance takes place in the hotel's grand ballroom. I've stayed there, but I lived in Hollywood. I was like over the head. Like, why would I stay there? That doesn't make sense, but I don't know. It wasn't a sexy dangle key moment, apparently. Uh, no, it wasn't. And I remember that the parking was really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't part of the Brenda Dylan doing it, but it's interesting nevertheless. So there's a live band playing at the spring dance. This is a real band. They are called the Rave Ups. And it's a band that was founded by singer-guitarist Jimmer Podrowski in 1979. And they achieved some modest success. They appeared in Pretty in Pink. And Jimmer had a son with Molly Ringwald's sister. Interesting. Yeah. And he was briefly engaged to Shannon Doherty. Oh. So my thought when they get inside and there's a band playing, again, I'm like pointing out all the ways that TV is not like real life. It's shocking that it's not like real life. There's never a live band at a prom, you guys. No. Has anyone ever been to a school dance with a live band? That is in every single movie and TV show ever. There's a live band. Also often for weddings. I think now it's more common that somebody might have live music at their wedding sure. than at a school dance. But mm -hmm. even still, I think every wedding I've ever been to had a DJ. I've been to weddings with bands, but yeah, traditionally a DJ. Yeah. So at the dance, there's a slow dance and Brenda tells Dylan she's nervous and he tells her, don't be nervous. It's going to be great. She's afraid she'll disappoint him because they've been building it up for so long. So long, Kate. Two months. Two months. <laughs> so long in the teenage so, brain. I mean, 
to be fair, in the teenage brain, like that's like, you know, it's like dog years. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan is quick to reassure her. We're not going to be judging each other up there. We're going to be enjoying each other. Which I mean, ideally will be the case. Like you would like to think that by the time you get to the point of having sex with a person, that judgment is not what's happening. I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. Sure. And he says, you're not just another notch on my belt. If that's what this was about, I would have had you up there months ago. Months ago. It's only been two months. First, well, I think he's saying like. (laughs) And you know what, Mr. Cool Guy, you wouldn't have had her up there months ago if she wasn't ready. So like he's just pretty confident in his skills with the ladies. He's just, he's a little bit smarmy. I don't like him. He lacks authenticity. This Troy Dyer is like authentic to the core. Dylan McKay, mm. like he wants to be this like brooding sort of whatever, but like he's, eh, I, I have a lot of judgment about Dylan McKay. Apparently you are judging him and not enjoying <laughs> him. So Brenda's like, well, what's this about? And Dylan's like, don't you know? I love you. So like, they haven't even said it to each other yet, I guess. Like, is this the first time he's saying it? Don't you know? I love you. I'm about to make love to you. Therefore, I love you. Right. <laughs> like, okay. It, I, I, I found a lot of it all very awkward and uncomfortable personally. but It made me uncomfortable as well. And during that same slow dance, Kelly confesses to Brandon that she thinks he's cute and asks why they aren't a thing. And they kiss and Brandon's like, eh, I'm not feeling it. Like You're like my sister. <laughs> he's like, it's like, I know you too well. Again, these two, Kelly and Brandon have shared even less time on screen. Right. It's like, I know you too well. And she's like, well, what if you, you know, what if you never knew me? And he's like, well, I would have had the hots for you. It's like saying, well, if I didn't know you, I would have been hot for you. But now that I know you. Ew, gross. Right. If I didn't know you, I might like you. But now that I know you, yuck. You're too vapid for me. I don't like you. I mean. Okay. We learn in a really, really boring plot development that it's Steve's Steve's birthday. (laughs) In other news. In other news, Steve's adopted. It's his birthday. He has a mullet and he's upset about it. And Brandon's like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your birthday. And yeah. I think it's fair to say don't wait till someone is almost 17 years old to tell them they're adopted. I guess this is the lesson. I think, yeah, I would agree. Like, just be upfront about it. It's fine. PSA, the more you know. So, done. So, okay, we're now in the hotel room. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh. No, more like (laughs) bow, chicka, bow, wow. (laughs) Brenda and Dylan enter room 271. And Brenda, you know, she's got the love light in her eyes. She's like... You know, I am so lucky. How many girls get to have sex for the first time with someone they love? And I'm like, Brenda, hopefully that's the case always. It's not. It's not. I know. But like she considers herself lucky. This whole... Section. I mean, this was clearly written by a man. I mean, honestly, it like was. Like a middle-aged man. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just not something you'd say. No, and it's like, I'm trying to make a plot point here that I'm having (laughs) sex with the man that I love for the first time versus just hooking up in a hotel room at the spring dance. Right, because that would make me a quote-unquote slut to do that. 
uh, we had just come out of the a very special facts of life right. uh, phase where right. Natalie had sex when she was like 26. You know, <laughs> what was her what was her boyfriend's name? Snake. Snake. So Dylan picks her up and they kiss. And Vulture had something to say about this. When it's finally time, he, Dylan, eliminates all the awkwardness by goofily picking Brenda up and throwing her on the bed. For all of us nervous virgins out there, here was a sex fantasy fulfilled. Dylan and Brenda got to have joyful sex on a primetime TV show. They got to smile at the end and continue to enjoy each other. Consensual as hell. Do you think this was the moment? Like, is that a sex fantasy fulfilled to you? I I feel like maybe they're talking about like two different concepts in what they're saying. Like what I kept thinking and, but then I was like, maybe I'm looking at this through like the lens of a 40 something year old woman and not a 16 year old. I'm like, do you really want to have sex for the first time in a hotel room while the spring dance is going on, knowing that like, then you're going to have to go back down to the dance after you had sex. But then I was like, but you know what? Teenage life. I forget that like when you're a teenager, you don't always get private time. Okay. I would agree with you, except for the fact that Dylan lives in a hotel alone. Oh, excellent point. So it's not like the rest of us who live at home with mom and dad. Maybe there's a parent who stays home. Maybe you're in a pandemic and everyone's home and there's never any time or privacy to be alone. That makes me understand the whole hotel at prom, you know, a little bit easier, but like Dylan legit lives on his own, like a fully fledged adult. It did not appeal to me. The idea of that. I feel like the people that I know who did that sort of thing after a dance, like did it at the end of the dance, right? It was the end of the dance. They spent some time and then they went home. So, because they couldn't stay out all night, obviously because kids, but uh, they were sharing a limo. They had to be dropped off back at the Walsh house at a certain hour. Right. They had a brief window of time for their rendezvous. I suppose sex on prom night was never just like any kind of a fantasy in my mind. That just didn't seem. It's so cliche, but I think it's like you're dressed up. I'm dressed up. It's a special night. We're adult-ish. Exactly. (laughs) We're wearing heels. Let's make it a night we'll remember forever. I think it's that. Do you know that one of my favorite memories of high school, it's like prom season and we're in our drama class and I don't even know what we were doing. The teacher, it it was unusual in drama class that the teacher would be talking and we would be just like sitting there listening. Like usually we were up doing stuff, but he was talking and one of our friends in class was drawing a picture. (gasps) Oh my God. I remember this. And the teacher is walking around the room. I think it was a note to me. Okay. And definitely had a picture component to it. <laughs> and an illustration, if you will. <laughs> exactly. He's walking up and down the aisles. <laughs> and you have to understand that, that like our drama teacher was a very religious man. Conservative in every Conservative, way. Conservative. And like, we were not allowed to do Greece because Sandy like changed to be. She turned bad yeah. at the end. Right. So, so we couldn't do Greece at our school because of this. So he walks past and you just see him like stop and he looks down and he's like what is this and it's a picture of a couple 
I think. Was there a couple? I don't know. All I know is that at some point on there, it said like a virgin on prom night. It did. And then there were like cherries in the corner. <laughs> there were like two cherries. Like, you know, like cherries will be on a, like one, a stem that splits into the two cherries. So there was like no question of what they were meaning by it. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, that was pretty horrifying. He was, and of course he was like, what is this? Oh, that's no. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's disapproving look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a special night. I think a lot of uh, babies are conceived on prom night. You know, they probably are. We'll get into that as we talk about season two, episode one. <laughs> right. And PSA, if you are going to get a hotel room and have sex on prom night, might I encourage safer sex with the use of condoms? Yes. Birth control for the win. And STD protection. Indeed. <laughs> Andrea is still at home. She's watching Prom Nightmare. She imagines herself in a prom dress, wielding a chainsaw at the gang one by one and shouting, You said you liked me. <laughs> she snaps out of it and she asks to borrow her mom's evening gown, which is, I'm sure, her mom's wedding dress because that's exactly what that looked like back at the dance kelly and steve i have a little thing and she's like i'm sorry i forgot your birthday and he's like i confided in you and you forgot my birthday's hard for me i'm adopted and he said a lot of hateful things and then she storms off andrea arrives at the dance andrea andrea and she decided to go into the dance instead of murdering everyone. And she didn't want to miss out on her high school prom. So, Kate, you didn't go to your high school prom. I did not. Any regrets? She was so afraid she was going to regret it. That was why she showed. No, like, I don't regret not being at my prom at all. At the time, senior prom... I mostly wanted to go like, not because of the prom, but because like all my friends were, well, not all of my friends, because I did hang out with one of my friends that night, but I just kind of wanted to be part of like the event sure. and it didn't work out. And it wasn't even that I like, because I always liked older guys. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was a senior, <laughs> there was nobody in high school I wanted to go out with and all of the older guys were smart enough not to date me. Um, so, you know, I just You're like, she's 17. <laughs> right, Don't that do would it. be a bad idea, but I had fun. I like hung out with another friend and we didn't go to the prom and we actually hung out with like at our older friend's house, you know, who had like their own place. And so we were like, whatever, we're cool. Yeah. I don't remember junior prom being particularly all that fun. Like, I mean, I went, we took pictures we stayed for a little while, but we didn't stay the whole time. And senior year, we literally made an appearance and left. I do feel like, though, like when I think about like the large group of people that I was friends with that went to the prom, I think there was a lot of sex that happened senior prom night. I'm not going to say anything because I'm just not going to say anything. Um, I mean, on multiple fronts, like I'm, I'm, there's not like one person I'm like narrowing out down. I'm like thinking about like all of the people that I would know that went and I'm like, oh, there was a lot of sex happening that night for sure. I mean, not, not for me. I was the Donna Martin of this friend group. Donna Martin loses her virginity in season seven. She had to go freaking 206 episodes on 90210 before she <laughs> lost her V card. So I was in Donna Martin and that's okay. But like you, you were not quite as awkward as Donna Martin. Let's give you some credit. Okay. 
Lori just really listened to everything that her parents instilled in her. <laughs> they should be very well, proud. Lori Mr. was really sure she was going to get pregnant. That's why Lori was not doing <laughs> anything <like>, bad. <laughs> yes. Nothing yeah. unsavory. So back in the hotel room, Brenda and Dylan have done it. And Dylan's like, Brenda, you're glowing. Oh, that line made me hurl. Again, written by a middle-aged man. No guy would say that no. ever. Do you know what guys say? They say, you're so beautiful. All of them say it. And it's fine. Like, probably like we maybe all a are. high five or a fist bump. <laughs> but never has somebody been like, oh, you're glowing. You're glowing. And Brenda's like, yeah, well, you have a goofy grin on your face and you better wipe it off or else people will talk. And Dylan's like, so let them. And really, Katie, I don't think they did it right because her French twist was still like in really good shape. I'm just saying there are certain positions that would maintain (laughs) the French twist integrity. Not for the first time. Ew. Yuck. Let's not talk about that anymore. What? <laughs> what do you mean? What? You no, want to go what? into some details? I mean, it's her first time. I know, but there's lots of different positions, some of which are very empowering to women. For a first time? I mean, not for me, but who am I to judge? Well, I mean, who am I to judge? I'm just saying, like, first time. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you were concerned with the integrity <laughs> with of the your French, French twist. twist. You can make certain choices. And maybe she did. I mean, Dylan was very experienced. Maybe he was like, hey, friend. I got this. Let's keep your French twists intact. If you don't want people to talk, here's what you need to do. Oh, my God. I'm so uncomfortable right now. I'm sorry. You can tell that one of us talks to people about sex and sexual positions much more in their lives than the other. Yeah, that's not a conversation I have. So, yeah. Back when I was in, uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent. When I was in midwifery school, we were, you know, because sometimes you do have to talk to people about like if people are having pain or discomfort or not enjoying sex much in one position, you know, you talk to them about like other positions that might be uh, feel better or help with certain things. And maybe particularly while pregnant. Oh, particularly while pregnant. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so it's something that it, you know, it comes up and I just can remember like one of my classmates, like fanning her face at the idea of like having to have this conversation with somebody about like different sex positions. So that would be me. You know, we all have, we all have different levels of comfort with discussing sexuality. It's okay. Yeah. Sex and money. I mean, right. There's all kinds of topics that can be, I was going to use a really bad word, not, not a bad word, but a poor choice of words, <laughs> but it can be uh, challenging topics to discuss. What word were you going to use? Now I'm curious. Sticky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not on purpose. No. That's why I stopped no. myself. I'm sorry I asked. I know. Yeah, I you can asked. edit it out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I won't. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to. Sorry, I did. I didn't. It, the pun was not intended, which is why I stopped myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Sorry. back at the dance. <laughs> Kelly is crowned spring queen. She sits on her throne. Brenda comes up and congratulates Kelly. Kelly apologizes. Kelly's like, "Where have you been all night? And why are you so disgustingly happy?" 
Like Kelly didn't know what was going to happen. Come on. I know. And really, who's that happy after the first time? Like Brenda is beaming. She's glowing, if you will. (laughs) I was pretty happy after the first time, not because it was fabulous, but just because like it was done. I don't know. It's like, and and actually (laughs) coworker, she was quite a bit older than me. I worked in a restaurant. And I said nothing. Like, I mean, what, like one of my friends knew, but like. Were you glowing? She knew? She came up to me and like gave me a little hip bump. And she's like, hey, how are you? You look happy. And I was like, <gasps> and she, <laughs> she totally knew. Are you serious? Yeah. She was super cool. I really liked her. But like, man, I was like, wow. Maybe you were glowing. I mean, maybe. Wow. Which is impressive because it like, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no great sex expectations first time. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, certain, I, I feel like for girls, like it's just, yeah. Kelly's like, you didn't. Oh my God, you did. And they're like, yay. Brenda's no longer a virgin. She's now a woman. Go Brenda. So David dances his ass off to win a dance contest and a free pizza. He gets to dance with Kelly. That's his dream for the night. Steve cuts into the dance and apologizes. She says she's sorry. Uh, They bring Donna into the dance. Andrea comes into the dance. They all end up in a big group dance. We were squeaky clean and fun. They all agree. It was one of the weirdest nights of all time. Yeah. It was not a good episode, friends. You know, it really wasn't a good episode. And a lot of people had a lot to say about this. In some interesting trivia, Shannon Doherty and Luke Perry were not getting along the day of filming their sex scene. They do not have good chemistry. You know, they ended up, from everything I've read, being really great friends. Yeah, but I mean, people can really like each other. But just not have good chemistry on screen, right? And people can hate each other and have amazing chemistry on screen. That's true, too. Well, Slate said, The relationship arc between Dylan and Brenda is given precious little screen time over the course of the first season. And it resulted in one of the most mature and optimistic depictions of teen sex ever shown on television. The most shocking part was that she shows no remorse. A teen girl having sex, even if she used a condom, and gloating about it didn't go unnoticed or unpunished. After the episode aired, angry parents called network affiliates to complain. Brenda had sex and she was not sorry. And so that's what the the person who said the thing about like the fantasy, I think part of her point was like the idea that like you could watch a young woman who was like making this decision that she wanted to have sex with her boyfriend and that at the end of it, She was happy with her choice and feeling good. And it was fine. And like the patriarchy will not stand for this. No, (laughs) because creator Darren Starr told the New York Times, the affiliates were scandalized, not because they had sex, but because Brenda was happy about it and it didn't have any dire consequences. I was strongly advised to write a show that would address the consequences of that sexual experience. So the first episode of the second season, Brenda broke up with Dylan because the relationship had gotten too mature. This is season two, episode one, titled Beach Blanket Brandon. Right. And you could tell because when you first told me about this episode, Mm -hmm. um, because I was like, the episode of the dance is kind of boring. And you're like, actually, there's this other episode (laughs) um, in the next season. That's the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I was watching it, I was like, oh, 
yes, it's, it's like two weeks later, quote unquote, but it's a whole new season. So they had the whole hiatus that they were off to like deal with all of these irate letters and people upset and goodness knows sponsors were probably like, no, to like craft this, like, we're going to teach Brenda a lesson. Right. She shouldn't have done it and been okay about it. She shouldn't have been happy about it. Now she needs to be sorry for her choice. Right. And so it's like the energy of the two episodes. And I mean, I'm sorry, but can we talk for a minute about, isn't Darren Starr the person who brought us the moral beauty that is Melrose Place? I mean, come on. (laughs) Didn't Darren Starr bring us sex in the city? Right. And I understand that like she was a teenager and I'm sure that that's where a lot of the sort of outrage came from, but like also truthfully, teenagers are having sex. 16 year olds are having sex. So I think that's what that woman was. I assume it was a woman was saying about this idea of the fantasy is like, oh my gosh, here's something That's not like depicting it as you're a ruined woman because you had sex. I think the folks behind the scenes of 90210 were really frustrated about this development because that was never going to be part of the storyline. It was the resistance from the parents. It was the affiliates upset and saying, no, they felt pressured. Absolutely. In fact, the 90210 executive producer, Charles Rosen said, Fox was all about edgy, raunchy, guy-like humor, like Married with Children, while 90210 was a show that not only celebrated girl empowerment, but had this wonderful character named Brenda Walsh, who represented the notion that a teenager could be sexually active and not be a slut, but actually a role model. And responsible and make good choices. Absolutely. He went on to say, unfortunately, my first set of network executives did not see the world as I did. Someday I will write a long article about the censorship that occurred after Brenda lost her virginity at the spring dance to her boyfriend, who had been AIDS tested because she was happy and not full of remorse. Right. I mean, and I don't know because I, it was the nineties and I don't recall, But like how many storylines are there of 16 year old dudes who have sex and like everybody congratulates them and they don't feel remorse. Exactly. Like there's no regret. They don't wake up the next day and like, oh my God, what have I done? What does it mean for the person that I am? And nobody was like, Dylan McKay had sex and he didn't face any consequences. Nobody was outraged. And can we talk for a minute about how Dylan McKay has had way more sex than Brenda? Okay, can we talk for a minute about the fact that Brandon loses his virginity in season one? In episode four, titled The First Time, he loses his virginity to his old girlfriend from back home. Oh, right. And what's very interesting is the old girlfriend comes out to visit. She stays in Brenda's room. Cindy is very concerned that she's not going to stay in Brenda's room. Because there's a Jack and Jill bathroom. They share a bathroom. Between them. Exactly. And she tells Jim, I'm scared. I don't want them to have sex. Like we have a responsibility to this girl that we're hosting. To this girl. We're not worried about our son having sex. No, no, no. I mean, she was. But she was like, (laughs) she was concerned about Brandon having sex. She was concerned about her responsibility as hosting this girl in her house. As a parent. I mean, that's fair. Right. Right? Yeah. I would absolutely be concerned about that too. And she's in bed with Jim. They're having this conversation and she's telling Jim, Jim, you need to talk to Brandon. And Jim's like, basically, I'm tired. I'm in bed right now. Like, can't I talk to him in the morning? And she's like, 
I don't know. And then Jim falls asleep and Cindy is up all night worried about it. And guess what happens? Brandon has sex. And by the time Jim finally gets around to talking to him, it's like, oh, okay, well, just make sure you use protection. Right. Now with Brenda, let's do some comparing and contrasting. In season two, episode one, Brenda is now five days late. Also, they used a condom. They used a condom. Not 100%, but definitely safer than no condom. This is true. So she tells the girls, oh my God, I'm five days late. They buy a pregnancy test. The pregnancy test is inconclusive. Brenda tells Dylan she's late. And Dylan's like, damn, Bren, I don't believe it. You're harsh in my mellow, Bren. (laughs) (laughs) And Brenda's like, Dylan, I thought you said we did everything right. I knew it was a mistake. And Dylan's like, it was wonderful. It was great. You know, it's my problem too. And she's like, it doesn't feel that way. Right. Let this be a lesson to you young people. She is carrying the burden of this potential pregnancy all on her own. Right. Which I mean, to be fair, the experience of a pregnancy scare for Oh my the God. The person who's yes. potentially pregnant compared to the it's person who greater. is not is really different. But from the very get go, it's like all of a sudden there's just like this so much remorse, you know? So much remorse. So she makes an appointment to go to the gynecologist. Before this, she does try to like, she kind of tries to talk to her mom about it. Like, mom, when was the first time you visited a gynecologist? Right. And like, what did you go for? And like, and Cindy is like, wait, what, like, what is this? Like, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. I'm just asking. I'm going to have to go at some point. It's weird, right? Because you would, you would think that Cindy might take this opportunity as a mom to be like, oh, let's talk about gynecological care. But she doesn't, she just kind of gets like weird and like, well, she's like, is something wrong? That would be my natural reaction to why are you asking what's wrong? Yeah, but like they kind of go back and forth a couple of times. So if I asked what's wrong and she said nothing, I'm just curious, then I'd be like, I'm going to take the opening that I have and like choose to have this conversation and like maybe it will lead to something else. And if not, I've still provided like good medically accurate information. But, you know, Brenda ends up going to the gynecologist and it's her first visit and she's nervous. And thankfully, she doesn't have to go through the exam just then because she starts her period. And she's so hella relieved. And right before they leave the appointment, because she's there with Kelly and Dylan, which was kind of interesting. Dylan's like, hey, Bren, before you go, um, do you think you want to like look into maybe getting on the pill while you're here? And Brenda's pissed. She's like, you think it's that easy? I just pop a pill and then you don't have to worry about anything. And Dylan's like, I was just thinking about you. She's like, no, you weren't. You were thinking about yourself. I have to say that I have so many feelings about this visit to the gynecologist. Tell me. I So first of all, she goes to the bathroom to leave a urine sample. And when she comes back in, the doctor walks in and she's like, oh, you know what? I'm fine. Like, actually, I don't, everything's fine. And he was like, oh, oh, okay. And he's like, well, you know, like, have you ever had a gynecological exam? And she was like, no. And he's like, well, you know, that's something that you should do. You should reschedule. I'm like, wait a minute. You have this like amazing opportunity with a young person to be like, Hey, like you were here because you were worried that you were pregnant. Let's talk about that. Like, 
what are you doing, you know, to prevent pregnancy? Like it was like such an opportunity and he didn't do anything with it. So that was frustrating to me. You know, my first pap smear ever was done by a student and it took forever. I remember that. You know, what do I know? It's my first ever pelvic exam and pap smear. And I swear to God, that student was down there mm, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It wasn't until the next year when I went and it and was it took like a minute, <laughs> the fastest thing in the world. And I was like, what the hell? That was the worst. I didn't even know it took so long. I don't know what they were doing down there. The, the teacher was in the room, right? The person they were studying I under. I assume so. I kind of don't remember that. Because I do remember you were like, I had a pap smear and it took a really long time. And I was like, really? Like how long? And you were like a long time. It was was a long time. And I mean, I, so I will be honest as someone who had to learn how to do that. Sometimes when you're new, so you have to find the cervix, right? Which seems like it should be right there, but it surprisingly is not always right where you're expecting it to be. And so there's kind of an art to being able to get it to come into view. And you don't have that art when you're new at it. It was so long. Right. So Brenda ends up talking to Brandon about this, which I thought was very interesting. In your life, have you ever, I know they're twins. I was going to say they're twins. I feel like, Uh, I feel like twins have a special bond. Okay. I guess. I mean, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say that my brother is a very dedicated listener to this podcast. And I think that probably this episode is not super fun for him to listen to. You will all get to meet Kate's brother, Pat, on our next episode. Right. He's our special guest. Brenda tells Brandon, I always thought that I wanted a really cool boyfriend and not be one of the last people to have sex. Well, I have a cool boyfriend and we've had sex. God knows I'm not the last. In fact, I'm beginning to wonder if I'm one of the first. And then she tells him about her little pregnancy scare. And she said, everyone talks about sex like it's no big deal. And it's a big deal. It just changed things. That's all. Yeah. I think that's fair though. Like I, I do too. Like sex changes things. It does. 100% does. And it. she wanted to express her love for Dylan in this way. And when you're a young person, I don't know that you fully realize what it all means to cross that threshold because really it's this idea like I've crossed this threshold, there's no going back, which is why ultimately she decides she needs to break up with Dylan. It's going too fast. Right. I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have because I I don't think that you can, like it's something you like can't know until you know it. And so you want to maybe be able to spare them having to learn that in a hard way. But I think that's often not the message that gets shared. The message that gets shared is like, you just shouldn't do that. Like, don't do that. But not the nuances of why. Like, why might that be? Like, maybe you're not feeling ready for that quite yet. Well, and I remember having friends who would make the decision to have sex with their partners and then decide I shouldn't have made that decision because that's something that does happen too. I know the network wanted Brenda to have regrets, but like, People do have sex with people and regret it. Oh, I've regretted having sex with people sure. as a full grown adult. <laughs> but I'm even talking about people who are in relationships. And I've had yeah. this conversation with girlfriends where they're like, I had sex with my boyfriend. I actually really wish that I hadn't. 
I don't feel like now I get to stop having sex with him. I don't feel like that's a thing you get to do. I remember having this conversation multiple times. This is very much an issue in a young woman's life. Right. And it's also a problem of the patriarchy because the truth is, yes, you get to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And in my opinion, if your partner cares about you and your partner loves you, your partner is going to be like, I get it. Okay, cool. So if your partner's like, screw that, then well, probably he was not a great person to be having sex with in the first place. Or I don't mean to be very gendered in that. But it was this idea that the choice that you make one day is a choice right. that's with you forever in this relationship. It has set a precedent. One of the sort of like social deterrents to being like a girl who puts out is that if you have sex with the boyfriend that you're dating right now, then people are going to know that you have sex and then everybody's going to expect it from you. Like what the, how is this the lesson? Or you you're spoiled people? for someone really great. Right. Like, like you, you're what ruined. They say you can't, you can't unchew a stick of gum. That is the most disgusting comparison I've ever heard. And the ultimate hypocrisy, Cindy finds the pregnancy test in the trash. And now it's like, oh my God, we have to have a conversation. And in the very next scene, Brenda is seated between Jim and Cindy on the couch. Jim's like, we need to have a family talk. Like, we're not angry with you. We just want to know what's going on. And Cindy's like, we want you to feel like you can discuss these things with us. And this is when she admits, I had sex two weeks ago. And Jim gets like a little heated. He gets up off the couch and he's like, this was a big decision. And Cindy's trying to like kind of temper that with reasoning and understanding. And Jim's like, Brenda, I warned you about him. Jim did not have any opinion at all when Brandon had sex. But with Dylan, I do want to say that considering the time that this was done in, I was actually kind of surprised. Like, I felt like the conversation between her and her parents wasn't terrible. Like, it was more progressive than I would have anticipated it being. I agree with you. But she does say to them, why do you guys want to make me feel so bad? Which right. I thought was actually really fair too. And Jim's like, in this day and age, sex is not a game. And Cindy's like, it's serious and it doesn't make you an adult. And Brenda has been jonesing to be an adult. Like she has this little moment where she moves out into this, you know, other girl's apartment for a couple of days to house sit. Like she's just, she wanted to take the GED to graduate early. Like Brenda is very, very eager to step into adulthood. So right. it kind of makes sense. But Brenda's really stressed out about this situation. And in the next scene, she's with Dylan at the beach. She tells him, I trusted you enough to have sex when I've said no. I felt like we've crossed an imaginary line. It all feels like too much right now to worry about condoms and birth control pills and seeing a gynecologist and what my parents are thinking. And Dylan asks her, is it getting too scary? And she said, things are happening too much, too fast. I think we need to stop seeing each other at least for a while. And Dylan tells her, you're afraid. That's not enough of a reason. Dylan, who are you to tell her that's not enough of a reason? Well, and yeah, and like, I don't have a problem with the choices that Brenda makes in this episode, if the choices are genuine and because like, that's where the character is. But if those choices were written into the storyline because she was too footloose and fancy free in the last episode about She was this, too happy about the sex. 
I mean, because yeah, those are all really legitimate feelings. And certainly I think many women have had those feelings at some point in their romantic sexual lives, probably many men as well. I mean, keep in mind, she's 16 years old. It's heavy for a 16 year old. I had no interest in having sex at 16. I didn't have a boyfriend I was in love with. So I was not even in that situation to begin with, but it's a lot. Like definitely. I mean, and Particularly if you're going to be mindful and responsible and, you know, use protection and get birth control and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's that's a lot of grown up stuff. And so I think it's totally fine for a young woman to be like, you know what, Mm -mm, this is not what I want to do. I don't think it's particularly nice for her boyfriend to be like, you're just scared. And that's not enough of a reason. Anything she says, her feelings are enough of a reason. There you go. This is why I don't like Dylan McKay. He just wants to get in Brenda's pants. Right. Yeah. I mean, she said, I feel like we've crossed an imaginary line. That's exactly the line I'm talking about. Yeah. She wants to maintain this relationship. She's still as in love with him as she ever was. She just wants to slow it way down. And he's like, you're just scared. Well, yeah. What if she is? That's legitimate. (laughs) I would not have been the person to go to my parents and be like, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Thoughts? Support? Let's talk about it. I think that if my mom had not died when I was 12, if she had been around when I was a teenager, that I definitely would have had conversations like that with her. But she also like started to foster that kind of relationship between us when I was very young. There, like we talked very openly about anatomy and bodily functions and what sex was. And she always made sure that we had. I mean, if you think about it, like she, she died when I was 12 and she was made sure that I had like plenty of literature to you know, um, <laughs> be well-informed about sexuality. And um, so I imagine that I would have talked with her about that, but yeah, I mean, but also not everyone has that relationship with their parents. No. And I just, that visual of Brenda on the couch between Jim and Cindy talking about this. I'm like, mom and dad, just kill me now. Right. Like I I can remember like being a teenager and thinking like the most horrifying part of like the idea of a teenage pregnancy wasn't actually the pregnancy. It was like the idea of my family knowing that I'd had sex. (laughs) Girl. I was 26 when I got pregnant the first time and having to tell my parents that I was pregnant. Everyone's going to know I did it. (laughs) I was a little bit embarrassed. I had been married four years and I was embarrassed to be like, I did it. I got got the pregnant. I mean, right. It is. It is a funny. It's um, a weird thing. You know, you celebrate people getting married. Right. But like we all know, it goes <laughs> so that there's this weird like like well we're not going to talk about it but like oh like we all know what's happening tonight although a surprising number of people do not actually have sex on their wedding night I can't even begin to tell you the level of exhaustion that right. washes over you at the <laughs> end of your wedding by the time you get to a hotel you're like I just want to go to sleep even getting the dress off. Right. Such an ordeal. I remember I had no fewer than 501 bobby pins in my hair. Yeah. And getting those out and washing my face was, it felt like all I could muster. Yeah. I could, I mean, I can imagine. And I've heard that story from multiple friends. You have your whole married life to do it. Right. Like just relax when you're running night. 
I don't remember much of season one, but I do remember that there was a point in, I bet it was season two because season two was also like when David's friend has the accident with a gun, right? And like, I, I just feel like it was the season of moral lessons. Well, every episode was a lesson. Like Shannon Doherty told Digital Spy, Brenda losing her virginity was a pretty big deal to tackle at that point in time on TV. We had date rape drug abuse, alcoholism, a lot of heavy subjects that people hadn't quite tackled yet, like 90210 did. At the end of 10 years, what that show had put everyone through, I mean, do you remember Kelly got burned? Brenda had a cyst in her breast that she thought maybe was a tumor. Yes. Donna had a stalker. Like, Dylan's fiance got blown up. His dad, or no, in a crash. And then his, his dad, dad blew up in blew a up boat. In the car. Like it's just the boat. Was it a boat or a car? It was a boat. Yeah, I think the boat blew up. I could be wrong. Or his dad got into a car after being on the boat. And as he was driving away, the car blew up. Yeah. One of the two. But all I know is that Dylan is like, ah, yes. there's a very dramatic <laughs> yes. like, Dawson cry involved in that. Yes. <laughs> It just went on and on. It was so soapy and dramatic and over the top. But I feel like as they got older, it got more like drama versus lesson. I feel like particularly in season two, and maybe this was like reaction to all of the grief they got after season one. It was like, now we are going to teach good lessons to the teenagers. Right. And you know what? We ate it all up. Did you watch it the whole time? Did you watch it for 10 years? No, I kind of started, I started to lose interest. I'm trying to think. So when did it debut in 92? Okay. It debuted in 1990 and it ran through 2000. I don't think I watched it much after I was out of high school, like maybe every once in a while, but not regularly. So 90210 went on to influence shows like Dawson's Creek, which I also watched every episode of, The O.C., and One Tree Hill. The legacy gave way to all the teen dramas that followed, and a lot of those taught a lot of lessons along the way, too. And the shows got sexier. I mean, they did. I was going to say, it's a funny transition from like, you know, like I said, like a very special facts of life to like viewer discretion advice. And then like 90210, I don't think did that. I think they were just kind of like, nope, we're not like, they didn't make it the very special episode. So it had started to shift. And like now, like some things that I watch, I'm like, wow. Yes. Goodness. So it's been an interesting transition to where like now I feel like if, you know, someone in your kid's generation watched like one of those very special episodes, they'd be like, why was viewer discretion advised? (laughs) Why is this very special? What happened? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. There's been a transition in what has become like sort of socially acceptable to portray, but I don't know that there's been a huge transition in terms of seeing that experience that we saw with Brenda in the season one episode, right? Like, I think that there is always sort of a lesson mixed into it somewhere, even though it's it's more permissible to show it. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to characters losing their virginity, female characters losing their virginity, 
there's always a consequence to be had. There's always some kind of drama. If it's not a pregnancy scare, it's an STD. Or their boyfriend dumps them or people say bad things about them. Emotional aftermath in some capacity. There's always like some price to be paid for having made that choice, which is really unfortunate because yeah, it's a big decision. And I don't actually think that sex is a decision that teenagers take lightly necessarily. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, I think that there's a lot of sort of stereotypical ideas about teenagers and sex. And I don't think that that holds up. I think that given the opportunity to have like honest and open conversations about it, a lot of times that that's not true, but we also, yeah, we, our culture is so weird about sex. Like it's so weird. Cause it's like everywhere. Right. But then also everywhere. Like, don't like it and don't think about it and like really don't like it too much, but like also be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> Try to figure that out. Right. And so I think like all the more reason that kids really need the adults in their lives to sort of help them navigate that. And I don't even know that the adults know how to navigate it all. Shit, I don't know how to navigate that. Human sexuality, it's complicated. Thank you so much for joining us. We do want to remind you to rate and subscribe because it really helps us out. And you guys, you can find us on the web at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com. We also really love your emails, so drop us a line at untitledgenxpodcast at gmail.com. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye.